you have a favorite artist? A favorite artist? I should say artist. musical artist. Whoa. Um, wow. Well, years ago, it used to be Weezer. Yeah. Um, that is not the case anymore. But I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, Why ever not? Well, because they kept doing albums and they, they weren't they good anymore. They did keep doing albums. They, they weren't did good. Keep that. No, that's the problem. That's exactly what was wrong. They, they kept doing albums. They weren't good anymore. They they stopped being good. Well, you know? good. Um, I, I think the Red Album is the last one that I purchased. Oh, man, yeah. And, you know, like Pork and Beans on that was like, okay. And I... Yeah, just the vast majority of that album was just not that great. Um, I don't know that I do presently. I like Lizzo a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who. I mean, just classic the Beatles. I mean, how could you not like the Beatles? Mm-hmm. Grew, grew up with the Beatles. Um, some people don't like the Beatles. Yeah, I know, but I, I love the Beatles. Some people uh, eat other human beings. So it's just all about taste. Whoa. Sometimes literally. That got really dark. Well, so does the music of Fiona Apple, one Uh of my favorite artists. Yes. Um, I don't know if she's my favorite, favorite artist, but gosh, she's got to be, you know, at the party. And uh, she has an album that came out recently, uh, her fifth studio album, I believe. Only five studio albums in a 20-year career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The album's called Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and it is... um, it's pretty much classic Fiona. Okay. And so I'm here well, to put I... my stamp of approval on it. All right. I mean, I loved her her uh, As I first start album. To criticize it. Uh oh. Uh oh. What's up with that? Well, her first album is probably her most radio friendly sure. album, right? Sure. For better, for worse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every album after that has been, I think, she was she had um, a meteoric rise, and. You can't even call it a fall. I mean, Weezer had a had a slow, long fall, but Some she's just still like him, though. yeah. Know. She's somebody who was immediately um, put to the front of the class in the music business. Yes, and then you know up through her own actions was sort of you know sort of thrown out of that, but also kind of let you can't fire me, I quit. Yeah, and then I just continued that. to make albums and songs and music that were universally credited as being successful and it, you know she's still they still let her make albums so they must right. um cover themselves financially they must succeed in that way i don't have her sales numbers mm-hmm. but but she's kind of just done what she has wanted to do right and that's why there's only five albums and uh this is a good album and i think that it's kind of classic she's still got it fiona but there's an aspect of it that frustrates me. What's that? And it's something that <laughs> it's something that basically made me stop listening to music all throughout the 2000s, or at least the second half of the 2000s, mm-hmm. and a lot of the teens too. Mm-hmm. Which is, I feel like lyricism has really taken a backseat to every other part of making music, making music, and popular music. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing that I a lot of these like folky bands do, and just I don't know, pick your random person personality musical uh, artist it, it's like this they get to the chorus and the chorus is just them repeating the same phrase yeah i know what you're saying eight to 16 times yeah 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 and i don't know why they do it or why uh, except for just a dearth of lyrical ability yeah mm-hmm. but i think that it it might have started with well we're popular 
but we, we're not good lyricists, but we succeed anyway. And then other people kind of pick it up. And now everybody's got a sweater and a guitar and it, they would probably say it's a chant. It's sort of a chant. It's sort of a, you know, the mm-hmm. idea of the, the, the music sort of repeats itself and the lyrics are repeating itself as well. And it all is sort of, and I'm just like, yeah, but also <laughs> look at every average rapper has to say, you know, five times the words in a song that anybody else would yeah, do in any absolutely. regular song. Yeah. And rap is exploding and is, you mm-hmm. know, the number one music in the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Fiona has never, ever had a problem with her lyricism is, you know, stands next to her musicality Absolutely. as twin pillars of her work. Yeah. But I was listening to this most recent album and I had four or five tracks in and I kind of just went, I'm going to come back and. And listen to it later because wow. I just felt like if anybody did the sort of like chanting thing that, you know, this my straw man <laughs> argument person mm-hmm. was claiming, it would be her. You know, she understands uh, rhythms and, you know, the complexities of sort of, you know, evoking a mood, not just with music, but with words, but also possibly with the repetition of words. Mm-hmm. But she just had a couple songs that were just, you know, boom, 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 same thing over and over again. And I was like, ugh. So you're like kind of let down by that. Well, you, I, she, I'm you're sh- used to more complexity from her. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And I'll listen to it uh, four or five times and, and I'll be, you know, on board Kool-Aid drank. But uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, you don't want you. You want the artist that you love to continue to challenge you and like. Well, she's um, challenging me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but you you want them to do things that can that continue your interest in them. You don't want to um, get bored with them or start thinking, "Is this any good?" Like I did with Weezer. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, no, that's not happening. I, okay. I'm totally listening to it, and it's just a direction. Uh, you know, it's a choice that she's making, and I know mm-hmm. that all of her directions are choices. She's never yeah. just put into something pork and beans was popular and you know had a a viral video a literally viral video connected to it and so weezer's like well we're just gonna we're a good time jam band now because the one choice that we made on this album was doing a riff on a shaker hymn or something like that and everyone's like no thanks Mm -hmm. so now we're just gonna do an entire album of like covering toto or, or whatever right right exactly yeah and that's i don't consider that to be a choice i consider that to be a lack of choice like they yeah. don't have any options right smash mouth is just a disney in-house disney band cover now. cover band now yeah, yeah right and she is continues to have choices this is absolutely a choice but it's like did you have to go christian dylan <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean like <laughs> it's definitely the best christian music i've ever heard but you know let's get back to street legal or you know <laughs> sort of like that okay so right. she's going somewhere that i don't know if i can follow I see. But I know she'll be back. Okay. All right. So anyway, for, touch the bull cutters. <laughs> Check okay. it out. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't know if I just sold an album or not. Uh, but... <laughs> I think you did. I think you did. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you like her, uh, you're definitely going to love her. But the, also the problem is that, like, you know, just reacquainting myself with her music, the the the, the uh, event of there being a new album from her has sent me back to all of her other music. And sure. so I've been listening to all that as well. And it's just been... Very uh, Fiona-centric. Fiona-centric. Yeah. We should rename the title of this show. (laughs) Fiona-centric. 
Stop, stop fake laughing. I'm not fake laughing. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. That's your vamp laugh. No, it's not. The secret is out. No. <laughs> that was, uh, me thinks the lady protests not enough. Whatever. <laughs> You're going to be uh, talking today or what's what's the deal? I am talking. What's the plan? I am talking. The plan for me is to tell people that this is the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And the plan is also to talk about the news. Yes. And to do something weird. <laughs> sure. Vamp laugh. No, it's not. Is to talk about a TV show that has started 11 years ago and has been off the air for at least five, four or five years. Yeah, but just came to Netflix yeah, this yeah. month. Don't, so, wow. Yeah. What? <laughs> strike two. What, why, why strike two? We're just going to let everybody behind the curtain. Hey, we're stuck inside and we can't do anything, so we're going to talk about the show that just came out on streaming that everybody's watching. Wow. <sighs> you tell them my, my hair is fake, too? No. I got lifts in my shoes. Your hair isn't fake. What? what I don't have much about? hair. Y- you you don't have a lack of hair. You're not going bald or anything like that. Y- yes. That was me knocking on the table. Yes. I, I hear you. Okay. Well, I guess it takes two to make a bad show. So let's uh, oh, let's boy. try to pick it up. Okay. Uh, as we talk about the news. <laughs> so so far so good. Uh, hey, you know news continues. Yes. You can't stop it. No, you can't. And a lot of speaking of TV shows, a lot of people were excited that Leverage is getting a reboot. Yeah. Uh, good for Leverage, I guess. Whoa. <laughs> Well, I I just don't have any strong feelings about it, really. I'm not really into leverage, but yeah, cool. <laughs> what? I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. Well, maybe this is going to be shorter than I thought it was. Uh, yeah, it's getting rebooted. It's being produced by IMDb TV. What? I didn't know that was a thing. So okay. I guess we'll, uh, what, know how old all the actors are or <laughs> or not? Right, know what other Didn't that lady sue IMDb in? for putting her age? Whoa. I can't remember if she I won or not, but. Huh. Anyway, um, the takeaway from this is that Timothy Hutton uh, will not be returning. Yes. Uh, because <laughs> people love this show, and I'm like, I couldn't watch Timothy Hutton for, for five years. I, I just couldn't take that. But now I won't have to. I can watch Noah Wiley instead. Yes. Yes. Uh, has Noah Wiley done much besides like TV stuff? He's pretty much a TV guy. Done a he? ton of stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. He is the perfect bland leading man <laughs> for whatever you need. Oh, Noah Wiley. So he was in like The Librarians, you right. know, it was like a B uh, series. He was in Falling Skies, which, oh. sorry, NBC was a B series. That's right. He's just, you can stick him in anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's the... <laughs> Let's get this right. David Brenner or Brennan? Oh, They're boy, both people. <laughs> David yeah. Brenner, let's say, uh-huh. of uh, of uh, basing your uh, TV show main characters. Sure. Um, I think that's probably a good choice. I mean, I think we don't want to see Timothy Hutton in this role again. Oh, we see him in court. Yeah, I know. We'll see that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so... Um, I think good on them that they picked Noah Wiley yeah. instead. Yeah. So. Uh, in other TV news, Marvel has a TV section still, although they're yeah. not really producing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have uh, canceled two overall deals with some showrunners that they had lined up for yes. um, going ahead for whatever 
form that takes mm-hmm. uh, Hulu or wherever it's going to show up uh, Disney Plus I guess uh, and that is with the showrunner from Punisher mm-hmm. uh, who was ostensibly working on something Punisher related uh, who will not be doing it anymore that's Steve Lightfoot and then the other guy is Paul Zab- Zabeski mm-hmm. who was working on the Hellstrom series which right. let's face it when they when they announced Hellstrom uh, Wildcat or whatever, or, um, Howard the Duck. Like these were all, right, you know, right. real like Z-list characters, right? And they all seemed real iffy as to whether they would ever, yes, uh, be seen Actually or not. And so it looks like Hellstrom will not. Yes, uh, I'm not terribly surprised by this. Um, didn't they have a Ghost Rider show for a while too yeah, that yeah. they were going to do yeah, and they canceled, canceled that yep. before too? Yep. Yeah. So um, I, I feel kind of bad for those showrunners not being able to do their deals, but I think it's probably a product of COVID-19 and not being able to go into production. And... Sure. And, you know, doing like a Marvel movie can get you places. Doing a Marvel TV show. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't Maybe. hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, jobs go, you know, it's always good to get. Uh, working for Marvel, it's yeah. something good to have in the resume. But right. these guys are going to land on their feet. There's so many TV shows, and there's like yeah. IMDb's making a leverage reboot, so <laughs> these guys will be fine. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if you were looking for a Hellstrom series, you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a series about raising the Antichrist, look no farther <laughs> than FX, uh, which has ordered an animated pilot from producer Dan Harmon, not writer or director, but producer Dan Harmon, mm-hmm. starring Danny DeVito and Aubrey Plaza. Yes. Um, raising uh, the Antichrist. Yeah. So somebody watched Good Omens and went, Right, right, right. I'm a huge producer. I can do that. Yeah, right. Uh, stand stand aside. Let me through. I can make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good Omens. Um, what what is, what is the movie? Is it just, what is it called? Uh, where it's, they're raising the Antichrist and he like pushes his mom. Um, the Omen? The Omen. This yeah. will be funny. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is going to be funny. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, good omens, but even funnier. So. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Okay. We'll see how it works out. Right. Uh, looks like uh, the Russian doll co-creator Leslie Headland will be doing a Star Wars series at yes. Disney Plus. We have no details on it other than it will ostensibly be a female-centric show and will not. As far as we know, spin off from anything else. This will be right something original, something you know, in some corner of the Star Wars. Yeah, universe. and I I've heard like people speculating because that's what fans like to do. Um, like, is this gonna maybe be about uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, a sh- a sh- could could be anything. Shukasan. Uh, uh, what? Yes. Or well, is she'll it- be on. The Mandalorian. the Mandalorian, I know. Or is it going to be a Doctor Aphra um, TV series? Could be interesting. I don't. They I, they have not reached into the comic books for any film things yet, have they? For any live action stuff? I don't think so. Um, so that's why I would say no, and I would say it would be more likely be something completely new, an Ayala Secura or an Aura Singh or uh, maybe a Mara Jade or something like that. I think there are a couple of people who are hoping it's Mara Jade. I, I have, I have a good... <laughs> it's almost like, nice work, Disney. Nice work. Huh. Let's just declare all the books uh, non-canon and then have a trilogy that just falls right on its ass 
and nobody wants those stories, any of those stories to continue. Right. And then now we just go rooting around through the dumpster where we threw out all those boxes of books out. <laughs> I know. I, I have, I have a, a good friend from college who's a huge Star Wars fan who is very much into Marjade, so I think she'd be like super duper excited for that to happen, but... Yeah. 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 Bad girl. Bad girl. The 90s, you know, there was an uptick of strong female characters mm. whose only, you know, defining characteristics were that they were just basically male characters with boobs and long hair. Yeah. But they were yeah, like yeah. badasses. Mm-hmm. I'll kick a guy off a building. I don't care. Right, right, right. And then I'll marry Luke Skywalker. <laughs> So I don't know. Um, I, I'm interested to see what it's going to be. All right. We're going to get through this together. Yeah. I promise. Uh-huh. Uh, looks like Fraggle Rock is going to get a reboot at Apple. Okay. I'm sorry. I try but not to. I'm, listen. I'm not super excited listen, about anything. Apple. You think you think Quibi had the greatest idea ever. Ten minute long shows. Yeah. Well, move over, Quibi. Because we're going down to Fraggle Rock. I... For Fraggle Rock, wow. rock on. Mm-hmm. Every episode will be three to five minutes long. Whoa. Okay. All right. And it's the first day of, uh, uh, episodes available right now on Apple Plus. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, I loved Fraggle Rock as a kid, so I don't know. Maybe if they can kind of recapture some of that magic. I hope it's puppets. I hope it's puppets. I don't know. Um then maybe that would be kind of cool. I mean, it sounds kind of like they're looking for something that's going to be super digestible, like YouTube videos, but um, it could work. You know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all for it only if it's puppets, though. So I don't want to see any CGI or I'm not exactly as excited about an animated version. They did like but a cartoon, didn't they? I think they might have. Yeah. 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 But anyways, well, um, let's talk about Netflix. Let's. Uh, they have unveiled some uh, viewership numbers hmm. for some of their big series right now. Okay. Which is very rare. They don't do this. Right. Um, but they're kind of doing a victory lap. And the uh-huh. thing is, is that I don't know if this was all information from um, a letter to investors. Okay. And I don't know how to really how to quantify this information mm. because we don't have anything else to base it on. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could base it uh, with uh, viewership for other things, but it's like, it's like they give you information, but it's also like, well, that still doesn't really tell us a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So for instance, um, apparently money heist, which <laughs> I yeah. only see a, the picture of yeah. and laugh at because what, right, right. What, what, Nutella what heist? Are what, what are you going to heist? You're yeah. going to heist money. Right. Uh, but then I look for something else to watch. Uh, it has been seen by 65 million households. Now, is okay. that America? Is that right. internationally? Right, right, right. I don't know. Right. Uh, the Witcher has been seen by 76 million households. Well, yeah. That's probably one of their most popular, if not their most popular series to date. Yes. From from what I've heard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Tiger King uh, has been seen uh, by three, 34 million people, unique viewers, they're saying. So I don't know how that compares to households. Right. But by 34 million unique viewers in the first 10 days of its release. Yeah, I can believe that also. And over the course of its life on the platform, it has accumulated 5.3 billion streaming minutes. 
<laughs> Again. Yeah. How many minutes in the show? Right, right, right. Divide right. those up among the 34 million people. Right. These numbers don't, <laughs> I, they, they don't do mean you, anything to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I guess it's just supposed to be enticing to investors. Uh, right, but, but are the investors just like, oh, those, those are big numbers. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Here's some money. And and do the investors, like, are they used to seeing numbers for Netflix and they're just publishing this for some reason for the public? You know what I mean? Like, is this something that they I don't know. I read it a deadline. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we we know that those are popular. I mean, I guess I hadn't heard about Money Heist, but sure. Sure. Check out that money heist. Maybe they'll do an American remake. Uh, an American of remake heist. of Money Heist. Sure. <laughs> Why not? And call it. Um, uh, oh, what would you call it? Instead of Money Heist. Getting away with money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not that. <laughs> uh, one more news item uh, for TV. Westworld has been renewed for season four, which I thought it had already been renewed for season oh, four, okay. but it will be coming back for a fourth season. They'll continue to be able to tell their very simplistic story. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> That's somewhat predictable. Yeah. I was yeah. real excited about uh, season three of Westworld. Oh, and it like has the, proven to be uh, about as... The first two episodes were super good. About as bad and dumb as the first two, but that's okay. The first two seasons, episodes were really good. I thought season one of Westworld was really good, and I think, mm. I think parts of last year were, or not last year, last the second season were good, and then parts of it weren't. <laughs> yeah. No, well, just kind of more of a miss for you than a hit. It's not even cowboys anymore. Like I know, it's now not. it's just a you know general future esque yes. show where people kind of are dumb and act out of character so yeah and, and it's not and because kill somebody if malfunctioning. they're if like their character is just there's no more story for you like like the um the character like, from Liam the first character oh what the the kid who um dolores had a but, relationship okay let's not spoil with... this terrible show for oh, people all right all right i thought you were talking about the lady from the first season who was a very famous actress from sweden Oh. Probably the best actress on the show. And they're like, well, you're 42. Can't do anything with you. And you won't do any nude scenes. So goodbye. You're, you're gone. Whoa. I don't even remember. So there I'm just go. amazed they brought the Hemsworth brother back. Uh, yeah. The short Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been some of your favorite parts of the season. So yeah. But far. he's been like designed to be. Yeah. Because he doesn't really have an arc. So they're like, well, I'll give him all the good, good lines. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk movies. Uh, of course, a lot of these movies um, or movies that we are anticipating have been pushed back because yes. of the situation. One of those movies is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange 2 yes. has been pushed back to March of 2022. Yeah. And it does look like the ink is all but dry on Sam Raimi being involved in this film. Ugh. Yeah. yeah I'm not happy about that. But, you know, what are you going to do? And it will be inter- interesting to see that... Uh, what 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 a um, distinctive um, filmmaker who who has such a unique uh, voice that is particular to his own idiom? Mm-mm. What that'll look like coming out the other side of the Marvel machine? Y- yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's not going to be any POV shots or any um, fish islands close ups mm-hmm. or or any of that. Mm-hmm. This would be like, no, no, Sam, we're not we're not doing that. Right, right. Um... This would be like Joss Whedon taking over a Zack Snyder movie. It would be like, well, I can't tell that this is Joss Whedon. 
Right. Is that a good example, or is that more like Ron Howard taking over uh, oh, Solo? Boy. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Um, I just feel like Doctor Strange has all this potential as like uh you know for for storytelling, and it could go in a lot of different directions. And I'm just not that excited about seeing where Sam Raimi is going to take it. Now, I know he's not writing it. Oh, no, he's not taking it anywhere. That's kind of my point. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just sort of at the 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 till here. Yeah, I know. But it's already written and done and pre-vised and they built all the props and sets. And so the only thing he could add would be Ted Raimi and um, maybe a weird shot or two. Do you think he's going to add, like, Bruce Campbell somehow? Well, I want to know. I'm more interested in where why Scott Derrickson walked away or was fired. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know why he walked I, away. I didn't love, love the first Doctor Strange, no. but I thought it was, you know, fine and fit into kind of what they were doing. And whatever he, that was in the first film was not good enough, I guess, for this film. Do you think he... Because I know he has like a background in horror. Do you think he wanted to take the second one kind of more in that well, direction? He always talks about it being scary or wanting to make it scarier. But mm-hmm. that Sam Raimi's got a background in horror. That's well, that's true too. Pretty much all yeah. he's done until right a simple plan or whatever. So. Right, right. So yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse has also been pushed back from April to October of 2022 Mm -hmm. and the Spider-Man Far From Home sequel uh, has been delayed as well. We don't have a final date for that, I don't think. Okay. And um, it looks like the Uncharted movie, speaking of Tom Holland, has been pushed (laughs) from October uh, 21st, uh, sorry, October 8th, 2021 from its summer date. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, that's probably fine, right? I guess... I mean, the less we I talk guess... about that film, the better. Oh, okay. It just doesn't doesn't excite. What do you want to say about it? Yeah, I know. The, like the cast, we already talked about this. Like the casting we're, we're, we're seems failing like at weird. Pretending like we're interested. Yeah, in this stuff. okay. And I blame right. you. Hey. Uh, the Mission Impossible films have also been pushed back. Oh, if anybody okay. cares. Um, I mean, clearly people care. They make a ton of money, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last one was not very good. Oh, have we seen the last one yet? Yeah, what I, what I just do? You did a pun- punching one, two. I just reloaded my arms. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, imagine I have a big mustache. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. That was not as right. good as Rogue Nation. No. No, it wasn't. But uh, the seventh film will come out November 2021. The eighth will come out for no- uh, November 2022. So what are they doing over there? That they have two Is this films? like a Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions or something? They're know. shooting them back to back. I remember hearing that, what's her name? Haley Atwell. Isn't yes. she going to be in both of them? Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see like what role she's going to play in that. I hope she kicks butt because, and she's not just like a Can she do any, love interest. Any, any, any else? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Because they already... Um, Sent uh, Michelle Monaghan to a uh, uh, yep. farm upstate to sure run did. and play with other forty-year-old uh, actresses. So yeah. maybe Rebecca Ferguson is on the way out. Tommy, who knows? Tommy, 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 Tommy. <laughs> let's let's try an age-appropriate co-lead, right? Right, right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I know. Half plus seven, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I, I don't like that we have to 
do that kind of math. No but... talking in the birthing chamber. Uh, looks like Venom, Let There Be Carnage is the. <laughs> it's like that's a first draft, right? Wow. The sequel to the original Venom has been uh, pushed from October 2nd of this year. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. To June of next year. That's probably a better place for it, don't you think? Remember, huh. Andy Serkis is directing it. Oh, that's right. That's a, that's weird. That's weird. Who can, who, I did, mean, he's he's a great actor, but has he directed anything else? Uh, that Jungle Book movie they did not do well. Oh, <laughs> I think that's cool. uh, I think that might be it. Okay. Um, do you think hmm. that Woody Harrelson will be Cletus Cassidy for the live action parts, and then when he turns into um, Carnage, mm-hmm. it'll be Andy Serkis? There's a precedent for this. Oh, In the Ang Lee maybe. Hulk, Ang Lee was the motion capture actor for the Hulk. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. I didn't realize that. I mean, one of them. I'm sure they used more than one. But Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, especially all his motion capture experience. Right. Yeah. Okay. What if he does Carnage and, like, Venom motion capture? Well, that's Tom Brady. Oh, okay. I'm going to do my own. Yeah, okay. All right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) No, right. Look, it's like this, right? You go, oh, I'm I'm a carnage. I'm a carnage. (laughs) No, no. You go like this. I'm a venom. I'm a venom. They they try to see who has the most outrageous voice while in (laughs) mocap. I don't think they know that they're in that contest, but they are. They totally are. Yeah. (laughs) Sony, don't sigh. Sony, (laughs) just when I hear the name. Yeah. Uh, is developing a film based on One Punch Man. Man. Okay. With it... the writers of Venom. Okay. Is it going to be animated or is it going to be live action? Do we have any idea? Well, it's going to be produced by Avi Arad, uh, who is just... Wow. Sa- Avi Arad and hmm. Satan. Whoa. Both very successful after having been thrown out of a franchise and starting their own, right? Wow, I only, guess I'm not only that Satan familiar is with more success. He was the original producer of Marvel films, Spider-Man, was even going really? back to probably, you know, the Corman era Fantastic Four stuff. Ooh. You know, okay. um, what's his name? Salinger's kid, uh, Captain America. Like, he was the guy that was in charge of, he was the Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige was his assistant for a while. Oh, And then okay. for whatever Oops. reason, probably money, he sort of got tossed out, but now he's producing he stayed with sony and he does the spider-man stuff still okay and i'm sure his name was on venom probably okay um wow i don't know i'm not super familiar with one punch man i know it's super popular 100 sit-ups 100 push-ups it's something else every day oh really (laughs) i don't know He's got his own exercise regiment. It like, well, you know, meta, I don't know when meta first hit manga or and uh, anime, but it's yeah. there to stay now. And yeah. everything is a deconstruction of, you know, a uh, giant robo or something like that. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. But this is, you know, it's a deconstruction of superhero tropes. And so sure. he exists in a world where he is a superhero, but kind of a crappy one. Only, I mean, his gimmick is crappy. You know, he's... He gets one punch Wears a dish towel. He, no, he just... He defeats everybody with one punch. Oh. And so you go, well, how do you make that work? Right. And from what I understand, they kind of do... In, in, in the Dragon Ball Z-ish way, everybody he fights is successively tougher and tougher until he's fighting, like, a planet or something. Mm. And he always defeats them with, with one, one punch. punch. That's his... So he never right. really punches them until the the end of the fight he when to. he gets him into a situation and he 
punches them and they die. Okay. All right. Well, but I mean, it's like that. That, that sounds good. Yeah. Is it? Can you keep it going for more than one season? And the answer is they couldn't because apparently the second season sucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But well, now it has a chance to have a sequel that sucks. Oh, boy. In live action. Yeah. I never got your answer. Oh. I don't know the answer to the oh, question. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris Pine is going to star in a Paramount. There's another sire. Uh, Paramount reboot of The Saint. I don't think I've actually seen the original The Saint. Are you writing something down? <laughs> you buy bullets? <laughs> no. No. Uh, the Saint is uh, Roger Moore plays Simon Templar. He is a thief, but he's a good guy. He, okay. you know, it's a TV show. He, you know, it's a Mission Impossible thing. He tricks wrongdoers, okay. you know, and fights for good and all that. And okay. He's so, a master of disguise. and So it's a TV show. Yeah. And it was a Val Kilmer movie as well. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Which will be watching in in concert with this when it comes out <laughs> okay sure so 2022 can't wait right 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 put it on your calendar <laughs> um, do you think he read for the chips movie or was like i'm not even gonna bother chris pine yeah sure why not i mean because his dad was yeah on chips yeah or because other he than said that no. i just feel like chris pine is for a movie star he's a real good tv star Whoa. He seems to be in a lot of these films that are adaptations of TV things, doesn't he? I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a real TV star face for a movie star. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I just uh, feel like he's above this. I think he'll be good for this, but he's above this. You, oh, you think so? You think yeah. this is a step down? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it's, a, it's an action movie sort of thing, so... <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, if you think Chris Pine can do funny voices, then get that cream out of your jeans because wow. it's going to happen. Wow. Batman is f- moving to fall of 2021. Okay. So you're going to wait for that? Of course. Well, you're just wait. we're just waiting for everything. If you can point, wait. Yeah. yeah. Everything is pushed everything back. Yeah. Although something has to be in the theaters on April 27th when they open in Georgia. Yep. 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 I actually, I read something that the AMC specifically said that they will not reopen their theaters unless they have something new to show. Good. So, yeah. But I mean, that does, that's just putting it, that's kicking the ball down the road to the movie producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, you know, the story is like, what are they going to show when they open? Are they going to open? That sort of thing. Are they going to show old movies? Like in Georgia. Oh, well, I guess it's up to... It's not up to... Georgia doesn't have a state-run movie theater business. It's like every other state, right? Yeah, So if yeah. you're not going to open them anywhere else, they're mm-hmm. not going to open in Georgia. Probably. Yeah. I guess I, I should have read point. this story. <laughs> if I, I didn't know you were going to really dive in on sorry, this. Sorry, sorry. Um, I'm just saying that... Okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> let's... Uh, we're bad at this. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, wow. I don't know. I'm ready. I'm about ready to give up. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it's just not a night for this, huh? Uh, I don't know. Whenever we do a live show, it's just, I swear to God, our shows aren't edited to, and we've done some great shows, but they're not edited to edit out the fact that we clearly don't want to do it. But I think that we're just here and we just don't want to do it tonight. I don't, I don't really, I don't like that. That's what I'm getting. 
Um, I don't think that's true. Prove it. Wow. How do I prove it? Well, you were so convinced that it wasn't true. Yeah, I don't think it's true, but I don't know how to prove it. So Might as well be true then. Oh, wow. A couple more stories. How about some YA? You like that? Sure. Netflix is going to produce Millie Bobby Brown's Enola Holmes film. This is the story of Enola Holmes, the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. And she gets into some wacky adventures. Because, of course, she does. Uh, Okay. I don't know. Um, I think, is this her original idea or something like that? No, it's a YA novel. It's a YA novel. Okay, Series, that's why you you brought it up. Um, okay. Um, sure. Uh, Netflix loves Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, she's... She shouldn't have loved Netflix. Yeah, right. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, I think she could do fun and quirky. Sure, why not? So... Uh, what? See my what? previous comments about maybe not wanting to do this. <laughs> the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. What is that? That's the prequel to The Hunger Games. And oh, it's going to happen right. at Lionsgate. These are both Lionsgate films. Oh, no, no, sorry. The first one was Legendary. This one's Lionsgate. So yeah. both not good. <laughs> I, I just feel like it, it's all garbage mm, from Legendary and Lionsgate, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, this uh, film will be coming out. And remember, this is a story of uh, how President Snow became President Snow. Yeah. Turns out, not so this this rich white guy, not so bad. Yeah, victim I know, of circumstance. Right. 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 Why? Right. Why? Why, why tell a story? Yeah. Why? I I don't. Remember, I don't know. remember in the late sixties when all that political turmoil was happening, and there was a bunch of films about how the guy with the the buzz cut, you know, and the gabardine suit, like he's Hey, man, he's just doing his best. Mm-hmm. Why would these hippies be nice to him? Right. Remember all those films? Uh-huh. Why, why are we doing that now? We weren't doing it then. I, just to make sure you get the point. We weren't uh-huh. doing it then. Okay, okay. Some of the most important films of the counterculture movement came out at that time. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Yes. No, no, that's... I'm just clarifying my earlier point. So okay. if you want to rebut that this is the time. I, I don't want to rebut. <laughs> <laughs> that is going on your gravestone. Wow. Okay. Here she lies. Wow. She didn't want to rebut. Hey. She'll take her answer off the air. Oh, my goodness. Um. <laughs> it's not. As far as like, see, when I go, it seems like you don't want to do this. And you're like, I do. And I go, do you have any comments? No. That's, right. that's what I mean. Okay. That's what I mean. Sorry. Well. I just don't know why. Speaking of gravestones. So, great. Wow. Okay. We ruined my awesome transition. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of why what? I, I just, I don't understand why anybody cares about President Snow, period. Because he's played by Donald Sutherland, although he won't I mean, be as a kid. Yeah. I, I like Donald Sutherland, but like. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a good actor. But... What's your favorite uh, Donald Sutherland movie? Um, probably, um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Well, okay. Um, but. What's mine? What's yours? Oh, boy. No, (laughs) now you do want to contribute, but it's more polite to, you know, say. What's What's yours? Sorry. That's okay. A time to kill. So let's uh, move on here. I got one more story. Uh, I won't use my transition from before, but it's because it's sad. And we should be sad now. Um, Michael Mantlow, the brother yeah. of uh, Rock, Rocket Raccoon creator and 
cloak and dagger a ton of things creator yes. uh bill mantlo uh has passed away yes he has died and this is significant um, because he was a really nice guy, but it's also because he is um, and has been um, Bill's main caretaker Yeah, uh, yeah. since 1992. Yeah, when he was in a serious car accident. 30 years. Uh, it was a... Well, he was hit by a car. Yeah. But he right. was like rollerblading or something like that. It's not Okay, funny, okay. But it's, okay. it just makes it more tragic. It does. He's just out having fun. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, his uh, career was cut short, and he's in a situation where he needs um, basically, you know, constant care. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bill, or excuse me, Michael um, supported him, yeah. um, took care of him. He was uh, involved in um, basically, you know, doing fundraising. But this is before, you know, GoFundMe. Like, he was doing right. fundraisers for his care. Um, he was instrumental in... Um, basically um solidifying the connection between because you hear like we, we talk to chris claremont and we go hey mm-hmm. did you see the days of future past movie and he's right. like yeah, i bought a ticket it's like you have to buy a ticket to right they owe you everything yeah you yeah, should be yeah. making 50 percent on this deal mm-hmm. and he basically like got bill you know in touch or his estate in touch with marvel over the guardians thing and got him like a nice big check basically which marvel did not have to do mm-hmm. and they did and then yeah. they, i'm sure they did it for pr purposes but the fact is they did it right and they gave him and a that's nice, a, it's a great story a nice royalty yeah. yeah that um took care of his care so so it's sad that he passed but it's um sad too um i hope that you know bill has support yeah and people um, are like well who's gonna take care of him now yeah. and i mean yeah. you know we don't know um matt had a, a or a wife Michael, sorry, uh, has a wife, uh, so um, maybe she will take care of Bill. I don't know, but I don't know how, you know. Right, so I'm getting to it. So so, um, we will, uh, when we know more, we'll let you know so you can help out uh, if you choose to. In the meantime, uh, you can always go to the Bill Mantlo Support Fund, which is ongoing, which you can find at his website, BillMantlo.com, M-A-N. T L O. Uh, you can always go there and uh, chip in and mm-hmm. uh, you know help them out. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's not great. No, it's not. It's it's <laughs> upsetting, you know. And uh, he was. I don't think he was all that old either. So. Uh, he wasn't young. Well, okay. He wasn't young. Yeah, yeah. These guys were in their thirties, you know, thirty years ago. So yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Um. I don't know his specific uh, health issues, but uh, yeah. It's um, yeah. sad. It is sad. And hard to transition out of. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's not funny. When's Rocket going to get that solo film? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Yeah, that should... I'd totally watch a Rocket solo film. That's that's some Disney Plus right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've yeah, got yeah, the yeah. assets. Mm-hmm. You've got all the computer files and stuff for mm-hmm. both him and Groot. Mm. Right? Yeah. Sean Gunn will do the mocap. Mo sure. The biggest expense would just be getting Bradley Cooper to do a couple lines, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Vin, well, Vin Diesel will probably <laughs> charge you out the ass too. But, yeah. Uh, but you can get them both. Yeah, you could. And then you could do whatever you want. Yeah. You can bring Taserface back or whatever. You can just, <laughs> you know, you just throw something kind of goofy together. Oh, yeah. That'd be totally Have Gunn fun. produce it? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
yeah, just have them do like they they basically did um when they were on their own, ba- didn't they basically were they were basically like bounty hunters? Yeah. Yeah, just have them well, do you're like doing a prequel. Well, I don't know, that's what I was thinking, but yeah. maybe maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you could do it after the films and then it's like is Groot still a teenager? I don't know. Yeah, I do prequel. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then we get uh, classic Rocket and Groot. Yeah. Right. So they're just yeah they're going around and they're busting busting heads and right. You get some of his backstory in there because we'll never ever have time to explore this in the in the films, right? Mm-hmm. So you go back to Half World or whatever and mm-hmm. have him kind of because when he comes into the yeah he's in this existential crisis you know in Guardians one and two right about his identity but. We don't ever explore it, but we also don't say that it is uh, at what point on the timeline of him dealing with this he right. is. Right. So he could have in Guardians Zero or Minus One gone to Half World and dealt with that, learned a little bit about his origins, mm-hmm. and now as Guardians One opens, you know he's having fun and busting heads, but in the right. back of his mind he's thinking like, so I'm like a weird thing that they made to like mm-hmm. take care of mental patients or what? It's weird. It's weird stuff. Okay. You're right. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon series. We'll read that someday for the show. All right. Here's good. your title. Heroes of the half world. Ooh. Turtle power. <laughs> okay. We can't, we don't have rights to this because they'll instantly copy strike us. You got to help me out. You give me some rope. Time into dreams. <laughs> give me the food. It's going to be. I can't yeah, uh, the, the Chinese the fortune thing. thing. Oh, yeah. is it a Chinese fortune thing? Oh, is that what it is? I don't you know. You got a lot of fortunes in China. Wow. Uh, How racist fortune... was your grade school? Wow. <laughs> wow. The, the, the fortune teller. Segregated lunchroom. Hey. Actually, that's not funny. That really happened. Um, so anyway, uh, we're talking about community. Yes. A TV show. Yes. A we... TV show, which we haven't, I don't think we've talked about TV in a while. We're doing it now. Yeah, we are. Pay attention. Uh, I am. Um, yeah, it was on NBC uh, from 2009 to... Uh, actually, I don't know when to, because I know that it uh, went till 2015 on Yahoo Screen. Yeah. And it was three seasons with Dan Harmon in the lead. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Dan Harmon was fired. Yes. And then for the fourth season, they brought in two Yahoos who nobody even remembers their names. Uh <laughs> was uh, Moses Port and David... Uh, Garoskio. I'm not sure. sure how to say his name exactly. And they were from um, something else. They created a CW show, had really done nothing at all, mm. but I guess were seen as the guys that could take this over. Sure. Um, they couldn't. It didn't go well. They couldn't because yeah. they were not good at it. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the fourth season, apparently the way the story is told is Joel McHale just went, you got to get Dan back. So here's uh-huh. what I'm going to do. And he went to all the cast members and is like, I'm going to go to the network because I'm the guy from the soup and I'm going to say, right. get Dan back or we walk because this isn't working. Right. But little did they know, the network was like, we got to get Dan back because this is not working. <laughs> right. And at this point, like... You know, it's it's a Sony owned show, right? Mm-hmm. So it isn't NBC's not totally invested in it, but if we can make X amount of episodes, then we can sell it at a syndication and everybody gets paid. Right. Which they didn't actually hit the uh, typical 100 episodes that you need for syndication, but they did sell it into syndication eventually. Okay. Uh, after a um, fifth season that was mm, sort of critically mixed and also uh, ratings were abysmal. Yeah. Uh, then NBC sold it off to Yahoo. 
Yes. For their Queeb, I mean, uh, Yahoo screen. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, you know, they lost $40 million on. A lot of that was blamed yeah. on community, but turns out yeah. wrong. Y- wrong. Yeah. You just yeah. don't know how to run a network. Yeah. Because now I'm sure in a couple months or weeks we'll be seeing uh, Netflix give us some very confusing and esoteric statistics about how good community is doing. I would not be surprised in the least. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think that Yahoo Screen should have blamed that all on community. I don't, like you said, I don't think they really knew what they were doing and they didn't have a whole lot of stuff like for their network, it didn't seem like at the time. Yeah. Um, they, it, it just seemed like it was very few. I can't name anything other than uh, other space. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. That's the only other thing I the was thinking The only Paul Feig thing that I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and really enjoy. Like, I... Yeah, he that must, was great. He must have not been involved in that at all, because that's great. Wow. But that only <laughs> went for, like, one season, too, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, six episodes or Yeah. Something. It was very yeah. short. Yeah, it was very short. So, yeah. Turns out that lady running around Yahoo didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, right. Uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Here's some fun facts about Community. Um, of course, it's where Anthony and Joe Russo yes. uh, didn't get their start. They had done a movie called Welcome to Collinswood or something like that. Okay. And I, didn't they do You, Me, and Dupree or, or whatever? Uh, I would not They be had directed um, two small movies, uh, okay. but then did this mm-hmm. and um, credit a lot of their success to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you go from making a, you know, second, second and a half tier sitcom for NBC to, to directing the most successful movie of all time. Yeah, right. But they did. They did. <laughs> and now they're producing Extraction on Netflix, which is like, guys... Guys, don't pull a Lucas here. You know what I mean? Right. Lucas directs the biggest films of all time. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go hide in the ranch for a couple of years. And right. then come back and futz with my movies. Y- right. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, you were going to make a bunch of cool movies. Remember what happened? You didn't make any of them. Yeah, yeah. So right. I hope they make some movies. Speaking of making movies, uh, Joe Russo, um, the more recognizable one, I think he's the one that does. He's the actor. Too, oh, okay. Sure. Um, has said that he... He's not saying there will be, but he said that he thinks there will definitely be a community movie. I've heard um, a lot of the the stars from the show um, also echoing that. Sure, yeah. but I mean, he's the one who get has the say so, right? Because oh, probably he'll probably direct it or yeah. at least produce it. Yeah, and yeah, he said that he and um, Anthony would you know love to do it sure. and still consider you know those people to be sort of part of their family. And of course, that would be awesome. They're very busy producing yeah. crappy Netflix movies. Okay. But uh, but yeah, schedule pending, they would love to do it. I think that would be awesome. Well, Just have them direct we'll talk it, about it and have Dan Harmon write it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. Write it. I was going to say, he would have to write it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Because I was going to say, oh, he's got a script he's sitting on, right? But that ain't how Dan Harmon works. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't how he works. No. And we'll talk about no. that. Yeah. And the composer for the series was Ludwig Goransson, the okay. guy who just probably won a bunch of awards uh, for The Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you told me that. So and like, I was like just surprised by it just now. we're in the lunchroom. Right. That's the same guy as... Yeah. And I think he did. he's done a great job with both of those. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of huge stars got their start. On community. Yes. No word on where the 88 is. Oh. 
But then yeah. again, nobody knows where the um, Warhol, the Dandy Warhols. Oh yeah, yeah. Who sang uh, a long time ago? We used to be friends. Nobody, nobody can find them either. Oh so. really? Okay. All right. Right. Uh, I don't know. Was it the no? Was it the Dandy Warhols? Uh, who sang that song? I'm pretty sure it was. Why am I the host? The one that talks for ninety percent of the time, and the producer—you could easily know. be typing this stuff um, up and looking let for me, it. Okay, let no, me, it's too late. Whoa, it's too late. Okay, the, the world wonders. Uh, yeah, so this is a show that. Uh, did you watch the show when it was on first run? Yeah, I did absolutely. What'd you think of it? I really liked it. Um, I didn't know what to expect because, um, and I think you know, you know, this rewatch because <laughs> you realize because uh, you're a Gemini. What? What? Shot by an arrow. What? Why are you doing that? <laughs> it's from Kentucky Fried Movie. Don't worry. Oh, about. okay. Um, uh, I, I just, I, I, you know, it starts out and you, it seems kind of like it's uh, a typical sitcom, um, and then it gets stranger in in, in a <clears throat> wonderful way, and it goes to some some weird and fantastical places, um. And I think I realize like this is really unique, and I really like uh, and care about these characters too, and they're all so different. And I think, um, you know, uh, having uh, Abed who comments on everything. I don't know that we'd you know necessarily seen something like that before in a sitcom. <laughs> Um, it's called Herman's Head. Oh, we well, okay. Have. All right. And not just that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, okay. This should be completely ingratiating, right? Mm. Like this should be unbearable. Oh, you think so? Yeah, right? Um. Well, it's very indulging in a lot of ways. So, or not, um, uh, not ingratiating. Irritating. Irritating, yeah. the word is I'm looking for. Yeah, I understand what you're this saying. This should be horrible. This should be the smuggest, self, most self-satisfied. Like, Scrubs was doing this before. This is Scrubs, yes, right? I suppose. This shouldn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And yet, it does. And in my opinion, it does because Bruz was with the fuzz. Whoa. I know, I don't know. Um because it's uh because it's it knows what it's doing. It's not I think that if Dan Harmon set out to make a TV show mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways paid homage to the TV shows of his youth, right. to the structure and conventions of a sitcom, but yet yeah. we can't just exist within the structures and conventions of a sitcom. Don't tell him I said this. He's the Picasso of sitcom writing. Whoa. If you look at Picasso's early work, and I'm not saying that he was a master, but his early work is amazing. Mm -hmm. He shows he was a very talented young painter who, if he had continued to stay in the, you know, realism sort of realm, could have rivaled, you know, your your Goyas or your your whatevers. Right. but I think very early on, he felt bored by yes. convention and was like, why would I want to continue to practice to be somebody who just draws things realistically? Mm-hmm. I want to push the bounds of stuff. Yes. And he became, you know, Picasso. Right. And I think that that's, I think that's Dan Harmon in a lot of ways. He knows 
he grew up watching all these shows. Yes. He's very smart and they're very important to him. And so he's broken them down in his mind. And so, yes, he wants to do bits. He wants to do things. We're doing a thing. You know, this relationship is from Cheers. This relationship is kind of like, yeah. um, you know, somebody else, a Sanford and Son or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wants to also let you know that he knows through a character like Abed. And then try to send it someplace different, or at the very least, someplace emotionally satisfying. It's never just a thing for no reason, except in the fourth season. Those guys thought, we got to top this. It's all about references and bits, and we can do this. Mm -hmm. And they forgot that, no, ultimately, it's all about these broken characters finding solace in each other. Mm -hmm. Whatever Robocop or we're we're doing this week, that was never really what it was about. That's the wrapping and the emotion and pathos is the present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa, sniff. Um, yeah, I I think um, you know um, somehow e- even though these characters seem kind of conventional when you first meet them, you you really care about them, and then you, you but you like you talked about you know you see them grow throughout the seasons and change and become better and largely because they're... Do they become better? I think that they're better. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, depending on each other. You know, they're working through their they problems. They become closer. Well, yeah, they become closer. I don't know how much better they become. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, Pierce isn't necessarily better. I mean, if... Yeah, but, like... <laughs> Is, what are they all doing? Like Troy's repairing air conditioners. Right. Like if Dan Harmon had been given, and I don't, as far as I can tell, if they had just given him a fourth season and then canceled him, mm-hmm. I think we would have got a well-made, completely unwatched by the public end to a four-year college career, yes. four years of community, and I think it would have been great. But taking that last year away meant that that you'd have this itch that was never scratched and you'd have to keep trying to do stuff and it just kind of runs down. I mean, it it ends in, I guess, an emotionally satisfying place, but these characters are not happy. And I don't think that they ever yeah. would have been completely happy, but I think, you know, cutting the legs out of it after three years um, meant that we would never have the, whatever the original end was or whatever the, satisfying thing is i always go back to with dan Harmon's writing you know the rick and morty speech where he's like you know nobody belongs anywhere you know we're all gonna die let's let's watch tv (laughs) that's like there is no satisfaction there is no kimmy schmidt end where you you know write a bunch of popular books and you have a amusement park and you reconcile with you know your mom that that's not the the world of dan Harmon. he doesn't believe in endings like that Mm -hmm. you know we're all gonna have to face death (laughs) it's a comedy show right right and you know and we all are gonna be happy and not happy and alternating times and so there's just you know the only thing that you can have is just to enjoy life where you are you know and make other make your friends happy and create things and just you know do your best to to get by right which is like both uplifting and depressing at the same time and that's dan Harmon's output yeah yeah right um I mean, do you want to do you want to talk about these the specific episodes that we watched at all? We could. I mean, we we watched the first seven episodes. Yes. Um, and we did it for a reason. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, episode seven, directed by Justin Lin, by the way. Okay. I know that name. How do, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Um, uh, but I four know Fast and Furious movies, oh, Star okay. Trek Beyond, okay. um, basically the whole second season of True Detective. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I can't take you anywhere. I know. Hot I Wheels. Hot Wheels. In 2023. Wow. Uh, and we talked about these. Well, uh, it'll become clear why we uh, pick these episodes um, as we go on here. But uh, pilot directed by um, Anthony and Joe Russo, mm-hmm. uh, credited together. Yes, uh, they are credited individually later, and I don't know if they just worked individually or if they're it's a Coen Brothers thing where they just sort of like uh, you know Decided. trade off or whatever. Right. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah um, what I like about this show is that I almost stopped watching it. Did you really? Yes. Mm. When was that? They they plugged the hell out of it. You know, 2009, mm. you could not see, you couldn't not see a commercial with the guy from Soup, the Soup, and Chevy Chase. Right. Um, the new old grandpa Chevy Chase. Right. Um, just making jokes with each other. Mm-hmm. And then, check out the show out. It's called Community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll go for that. Right. And I started watching it. And I was like, this is a real pleasant, very conventional sitcom mm-hmm. and uh when we got to like i think the, the third episode is where um john michael higgins you know is like seize the day and he's the professor who's you know thinks he's robin williams in dead poet society oh yeah which yeah, they yeah. call out yeah but the episode ends with basically him like you know jeff kind of seizing the day and that guy that character being i didn't expect him to get hit by a meteor but like him being validated in that and i was like okay so this is just sort of like a toothless show you know that has pop culture references and and Uh stuff like that right and um the next episode was just weird enough that it sort of kept me going because that's the episode where um john oliver comes back and they do the uh the duncan method or whatever (laughs) right where they're keeping everybody in the room yeah 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 uh and it that was just weird enough that i was like okay i'm gonna keep i'll keep watching it i guess but i've kind of written this off this is just i don't watch sitcoms generally because they're designed to appeal to the greatest amount of people, meaning they'll please nobody. Yeah, right. But the fifth episode is my favorite episode of the show, the entire show. Is that right? Because, not because of the complexity of its gags or whatever, but, but because that's when the rug is pulled out. Mm-hmm. That's when we learn that we're not watching the show that we thought we were. And it all centers around, you know, Britta, the sort of pretty and sort of pleasant but kind of bland love interest of Joel McHale's character. Yes. You know, it's revealed that she cheated on this test. Yes. And you learn that the, the paragon, you know, the, the girl, the, 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 uh, what's the actress's name? I can't remember the pushing daisies girl. Yeah. The girl that like we're, we're trying to reach and, you know, right. we're trying to get to her. Uh-huh. It turns out, no, no, she, she sucks and she's kind of a bad person and she's insecure just like everybody else on the show. Right. That was like a revelation to me. Right. Like I okay. couldn't believe that they did that. Uh-huh. And then she didn't it wasn't just like a one time thing. Like she didn't go back to being Perfect. that character. She yeah. stayed that character. And then, you know, um the next episode's about football, which is fine. Uh with Troy. Mm-hmm. And then the seventh episode is <laughs> the Dios de los Muertos yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh with, with uh about Batman. Yeah. And I I And then I, and at that point I was like Oh, this is something else. Yeah. We're going somewhere else now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until many years later that I looked back and went, one, two, three, four, five, six. 
Dan Harmon delivered six completely normal, you know, sitcom, ep- NBC sitcom episodes mm-hmm. with a little bit of snark. Right. That would fly right by an NBC executive like, oh, fine. Okay. This is great. All right. Well, we'll see you at the rap party or whatever. Mm. And like, Are they gone? Okay. Put the bat- Batman costume on. Dress up like Eddie Murphy and Raw. Let's do this. I know. <laughs> and he couldn't have, it, this show wouldn't have worked if it had started off first episode. It, it's chicken figures. No, no, no. Or no, something no, like no. that. You need to build up to it. Yeah. 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 But unfortunately, it's a TV show and you need viewers and, you know, they had a pretty good, like, debut, and then they just hemorrhaged viewers for the rest of the season until, like, paintball. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great, you can't great episode. Make, you can make a movie like that. Uh-huh. You can't make a TV show like that because mm-hmm. people won't tune in. Right. right. And I think that's kind of what ha- – it's a, almost what happened to me, but I love the fact that they had the bravery and they were clever enough to lay, like, a trap for that, to subvert your expectations, a phrase that we all hate now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love or hate from Last Jedi. I think we can all agree we all hate that phrase now. Yeah. But it worked in a way that made you go, this is going to be a completely different thing now. This is, we're going somewhere different. This is a ride. Yeah. And, it, and the ride will be much more enjoyable if, like Dan Harmon, you understand the tropes of a sitcom and how they're sort of violating them. Yeah. And all it cost was one Brita. Whoa! I think they sold out Britta. <laughs> really? She wasn't good as the as the character, the, the fake Britta, you know, in the first couple episodes. But I don't feel like she ever gets redeemed. rose above or too far above the caricature that they make fun of her for being. Mm, you know, right, right, well, she's right. just like an angry lesbian or whatever, you know. And it's like she never really, for me goes above that she is i think way too often the punchline of those kind of jokes Mm -hmm. but because she's part of the group and we like her we kind of like let it go and think oh that's not true but it's it's kind of true yeah yeah and i always admired because she's my favorite character on the show Mm -hmm. and i always admire dan Harmon for saying the same thing and also saying that like you know she is me like when i think of this show i want jeff is who i want to be britta is who i am right But she's just sort of like the butt of all the jokes for the whole show. And I think I realized either consciously or unconsciously, he says that. So to keep us, you know, from realizing that she's just the butt of every of every joke. She kind of is. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten that uh, the the Batman Halloween was the very first Halloween. And I mean, I think they, um, you know. They they just pushed it as far as they could go, um, and and like I mean, there's just so many great moments. It's it's probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, I freaking love Abed as Batman. Like he's perfect as Batman. He's got the the Christian Bale Batman voice, uh, you know. And then like when he saves Jeff and Pierce and from the pillow fort, as it's like coming down you know it's just like perfect uh, batman it's not pillow fort oh no you're right it's that's chair. a later season it's a chair fort yeah um even more dangerous built made by the beastmaster yeah made by the beastmaster which which was another great thing like i think when i saw it i hadn't seen the beastmaster yet so i didn't know what the beastmaster <laughs> was but n- and now having seen the beastmaster i think it's just great and then we learn later in the episode that even pierce hasn't seen the beastmaster he just wanted to be cool <laughs> yeah. but he picked something 
that like not that many people necessarily <laughs> remember. You yeah. know what I mean? So even in him trying to be cool, he wasn't really cool. Yeah. Community. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um and then like also just rewatching this, it's it's amazing to me like how early on some things happened. Like the the biblioteca like rap that Troy and Abed do. It was the first tag. Yeah. Episode two. Yeah. Episode two. That is crazy to me. And and then you see Troy and Abed doing a lot of the tags, like in the Halloween episode. That's I mean, I it's maybe not as funny to me as the biblioteca rap, but it, it's still pretty funny and they're doing it in the Batman voice. Um Yeah. <laughs> and then also I love too like we uh so Annie has done the party. She's organized the whole thing, but she's really uptight about it because she was never the cool kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and she's got this skeleton costume with a cape, and she's talking to Britta, and she's like, oh, Britta, you're so cute. And Britta's, like, in, like, this squirrel costume, like... Yeah, like, just, just the dumpy kind of squirrel costume. Right, yeah. just dumpy kind of funny squirrel costume. And she says to Annie, you know, I hate it when, when women feel like they have to dress up, like... Uh, like sluts at Halloween and she's like yeah and then she takes off her cape and she's in this skin tight like skeleton right. costume right yeah I mean there's just so many great moments <laughs> like, tell me about Woodstock Pierce yes I know and the Beatles <laughs> Sputnik yeah <laughs> oh yeah it was so great and then like yeah you know Pierce taking something that Starbirds gave him and like he's totally freaking out. I mean, that was just, yeah, it was it was unexpected. And um, I I think by the time you see that episode, you know that this show is more than it seemed at first. It's know? funny to me because, and I've never watched um, th- these aired uh, as you'd imagine, uh, like you know, way out of order uh, from production. Mm. Um, and that's not always. Um, sometimes that's by design like the the end of this uh series or series of season is um like the dance or whatever when they do their um school dance one and um that jeff and annie you know kiss or whatever yeah i mean they've kissed before but they have like a romantic kiss so that's like that's how you end the season one right Uh uh-huh but that's that was made like before a couple of the other ones Mm -hmm. and um I've never watched the DVD um, to see them in order. I wonder if they changed the order on the DVD at all. Oh, because huh. there's one like the episode right before they unveil the Louise Guzman statue. Yes, you see the Louise Guzman statue like on campus. So clearly that was like the football one oh, is supposed to be the third episode, and I think they decided really? to kick that uh, ironically down the road. Oh, okay. Um, but that's fine. That happens on all TV shows. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, it's but like I said, I'm not going to complain about the order because it's. I think it's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, eventually, you know, the show became famous for its events, and then it kind of became kind of about the events. You're yeah. sort of like a victim of your success because now right. we've got to deliver like now these are escalating it. sort of things. But mm-hmm. the, you know, that's they kept delivering. Yeah, they did. So continuing to victimize themselves. Um, <laughs> What else? Yeah, the um the D and D episode was really great, and yeah, the... and uh, yeah, and the composer Ludwig, like he worked on all the, um, I'm sure they brought you know 
Schlesinger-ing, and there's a, they probably bought like a ringer in for some of the poppier songs, but uh-huh. like all the songs, that, you know, the, there's a lot of music on the show, the Glee episode, mm-hmm. and and but he uh, he did all that, like he That's did crazy. the you know the claymation episode. There's a lot yes. of music in that, and so. yeah, it's great. I I think also um, just rewatching these, it's interesting to see how many elements and characters were there from more or less the beginning. I mean, there are so many side characters in this. I I think people have equated it a little bit to, I mean, maybe it's not as much as Parks and Rec, but a little bit to like The Simpsons or, you know, like it kind of feels almost more like an animated show in some ways because it has so many uh, other supporting characters like you know like Starburns and uh, Leonard and you know and and even like Senior Chang even though he's kind of more of a uh, he's pretty more front and center than some of them right but um, yeah um, and then I forgot too that John Oliver was in this and it's just like yeah well yeah, for a little while. Yeah, I know. And then he, you know, gets successful, you know, doing something else. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I uh, kind of agree with you. <laughs> and oh, kind okay. of don't. All right. Um, I actually just watched, they made a series of fake commercials for Greendale as oh. a promotional thing. Okay. Um, that I think are on the first season DVD and Dan plays like the the assistant dean or something like that and so he hosts these things and magnitude is one of the actors in them but he's clearly not magnitude yet oh okay you know pop pop oh yeah 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 yeah. okay but he was you know clearly somebody who they had hired as an extra or uh, to be in the production and we're like this guy's got chops let's make him magnitude right right so i think i think it all just came from that it was just like i don't know if leonard i don't know the history of that actor but if he was just a guy who was we need like it's funny that a really old guy's at this, right? Right. Older right. than Pierce, yes. But then when he can deliver lines, then it's like let's have him do frozen pizza reviews. Like, exactly. Why not? <laughs> but the part where I disagree with you is like it's so fun. Or I just want to point out that it's funny to me that they had nailed they nailed this with the casting from day one. Yeah. Like all of these performers are all the best people that you could have gotten for all these roles. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if there's some story about, you know, firing Stuart Towns in the first day or something like that that I don't know about, well, okay. But the seven that they got are all perfect for their roles, but I think they must have become those roles, and I think the roles changed and developed based on who was cast. Because if you mm-hmm. watch the pilot, and like all pilots, it was shot, you know, way before Everything episode else. two was, Yeah, their, their characters are different. They are not the characters that we see in the show going forward and the characters develop over the course of the show. Cause of course they do, but like Abed is very different. Clearly the mm. note was, you know, you are autistic and we're going to do with that what we can. Right. You know, and like Chevy chase is not, they're not letting him go full Chevy chase. Like he's Pierce seems like kind of a functioning human being. Yeah, I he's see not your, like the the total weirdo that he becomes. Mm-hmm. And Troy is obviously just like you are. You are a jock. Yeah, jock. Yeah, you know, angry black kid who's doesn't want to be at the school, and like that all changes not just because they get closer to each other over the course of this first season, but I think like the directions of the characters all change. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to think that they hired seven people to do these versions of the characters that were not what the characters would end up being. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't they hire different people? But the fact right. of the matter is, they were perfect for their original vision, uh, vision of the characters, but also were the perfect people to help develop those characters into the iconic 
characters who would all fit with each other and complement each other. Right. To the point where, and I pointed this out, and you, <laughs> you continued to like point it out to me, so apparently you'd never thought of this before, but every episode is the writers just going, all right, let's pair them up. Yeah, Jeff right. and uh, Jeff and uh, Shirley are going to do something now, you right. know, or let's put Annie with Pierce and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And um, it just works like everybody works with everybody else. It, it works. And it, it's one of my favorite episodes. Sorry. Is Abed and Shirley. <laughs> you think like, well, what are you going to do there? That's the one where uh, he's doing the um, he's making a movie about himself called Abed. Oh, you know, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And it becomes like. You know, she's mad that it's sacrilegious. Right. Because he's become this, like, Jesus-like figure, you know, and so she wants to stop his movie from happening. But then right. he becomes, like, trapped in the movie, and he, like, wants her. to. She she reconciles with it and thinks, well, it's his right to do it. But then he's like, I can't get out of this movie. So she's, like, comes out with a bat and, like, destroys all the equipment and stuff like that. Well, one of my uh, favorite parts of um, one of these first episodes is is when they pair up um jeff and shirley because you're thinking like he like the beginning of the episode i think he says to britta like uh my i you know i have to walk across campus and so does shirley and and it's such a long walk and what are we going to talk about she always says things are nice you know and you know and so he's thinking you know we we don't have anything in common right and then Lo and behold, you know, we see another day, um, they end up walking across campus together and they enjoy the heck out of gossiping with each other. Right. And they bond and it's this special thing, but it's it's something bad and they shouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And And that that leads to foosball. Yeah. In season two, I think, Uh where we find out that. Every, I guess everybody's just lived in the same town, whatever town this is, uh, right. the whole, their whole lives. But, you know, when he was a kid, he was humiliated by a girl playing foosball, and they call her Big Cheddar. And he finds out that was Shirley. Ah! I've forgotten about that. Because they're about the same age, although I think in real life, you know, he's way older than she is. But um, So they have to have, like, a climactic foosball, a tournament. foosball tournament. And that's the anime episode where they're like, ah! <laughs> Um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I think that's, I think that's great. I, I think it's really cool to see, um, two characters paired up with each other. You're like, well, how is this going to work? And, and it just does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, as we wrap up, any final thoughts about community? Um, I think it's probably one of my favorite sitcoms ever. That's what I think. Better yeah. than Cheers. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you yes. know, it's only 69 out of 100 on Metacritic. Really? This first season. Ah, well, I don't agree with that at all. Well, but... maybe it's the critics, you know, got a screener of the first six episodes and we're like, eh. It's okay. Yeah. Right. Right. You wonder if they'll, some people will re-review it now that it's available on streaming. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yes, it absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 90% of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are all... New or reviews. Yeah, 25-year-old fat yeah. guys okay. who are just watching it on streaming. Yeah. Right, all right. That's why all the reviews are so skewed. Right. <laughs> I grew up watching Space Jam, so I got. I just, I don't know. I just love it. A plus. 
Yeah. And so Space Jam has like a, you know, 70 something uh, on Metacrit or on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And it's just like that is not accurate. That is a crime against reviewing. Out. Yeah. Right. No, I don't disagree. Um, it's great, like all great things, and definitely like all TV shows, it is destined to become bad, uh, one day. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it became bad, uh, in the, 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 the drop to, to badness was a shallow grade. You know what I mean? Like it, season six, not Mm -hmm. great, but has some high points and moments. I don't know why we needed a Paget Brewster. I don't know what she really adds to it. Yeah. We got her all the same. Yep. Um, Keith David is in it. Keith David's great. He is, but his character is also kind of a flame out a little bit. Yeah. And we got, um, what's his name? Mike Ehrmantraut, too. Right. For some reason. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, um, after a while, like, I know that they, they split the difference. Because I, I think they, Dan always thought that we would do four years. And if the show goes on, then let's just have them. They can still be friends outside of the school. Let's have mm-hmm. them go into, you know, we'll just change venues and go into their lives. Right. And when he came back after season three, it was like, I'll tell you what, we'll split the difference. So we'll be comfortable taking the show off campus, but we'll still have them taking classes. And then that's where we get, like, you know, Mike Ehrman Trout and Keith David as, like, new teachers. Right. But for me, six seasons in, they probably shouldn't be going to this school To the school still. anymore. Yeah, Although you could argue, you know, people who go to the community college sometimes just kind of go there, like Pierce, like to just to just go there. Right, right, right. But and that's not what we wanted for any of these characters. No, we, we want them to graduate and go on and do better things with their lives. Yeah, for sure. Um, but life yeah. had other plans. <laughs> right. That sounds very sitcom-y, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not good enough to make it something fresh and, and better. Oh, no. It's, it's just fine. that. Yeah. Um, I I would be interested in seeing a movie. I would like to see what they would do um, with it. Um, how about how about you? Would you be interested in What could in you do? Seeing? I don't know. Basically, um, well. Would if, you go, like, several years in the future? Oh, you, like, I'm, I'm just thinking about the gimmick. Um, oh, yeah. You have to do, there's a lot of jokes about other TV shows that have become movies, right? Sure, yeah. So. Um, Star Trek? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we'll get some Star Trek jokes in there, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maverick? Sure. A Maverick joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there a MacGyver movie? Cause... No. Okay. Well, there was a MacGruber movie. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Um, what What are other TV shows that have had a movie? Downton Abbey. Oh, there you go. That That'd be a good one to make fun of, right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think so? I don't know. What are the I jokes? See why not? I that don't... sounds like a real SNL to me. Yeah, I guess. But not it's... SNL at home because they don't have the costumes. Right. So that's it. That's our word on community. Not the definitive word, but, you know, just a look at what makes it good and uh, talking about the first season, first couple episodes. Yes. Do you have a favorite episode? 
as we somehow go back into the topic? Mm, I don't know. That first Halloween episode is definitely up there. Um, I, I like the D&D episode a lot, too. I just watched um, that again the other day. Did you? Uh, and yeah, it's, it's it hold up? really good. Yeah. Like, it's just its construction. And when you think about the fact that, I mean, a lot of the best scenes are, or best dialogue, whatever, is them in the study room. But it basically takes place just in the study room. I mean, it's a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. And yet they make it. Yeah, they just make it's like I, I, it's cliche, but it's like a game of D and D. Like they yeah. take it, you know, all all these different places. It's great, um, and it's about a guy that wants to kill himself. Yeah, I know. So I mean, it's just like it's that perfect marriage of, uh, you know, just like deep, deep melancholy, and, uh, and you humor. know, Bing Bong the Archer, right? <laughs> Jokes about pop culture. What is that episode where they're stuck? In the study room, and like there's a monkey. Yes, the monkey stole the pen, and yes, that was a really good. That's one. that was a bottle episode. Yeah, about bottle episodes. Right, right, they, right. I really they like that one. That, that's something else. Once you have a character like Abed and a premise like that, any time that you want to do just a logistical thing that you have to do because right. of the day to day making of a TV show. Yeah, you're both like you. You have the advantage of being able to get material and grist for the mill out of it yeah but you're locked into doing it so if you just want to do a bottle episode you have to talk about how it's a bottle episode right and then if you're going to do another bottle episode you have to disguise the fact that it's a bottle episode or you have to talk about it being a bottle episode again right 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 uh i would say chicken fingers because That's a really good one chicken too. fingers is the first time you know i up to that point i knew that they were doing things and pastiches and stuff like that but it was the first time that i felt rewarded for knowing what they were talking about. Sure, yeah. Because they set it up and you don't know exactly know where it's going and then they, you know, pause and Abed's like, you know, ever since I was little, I always wanted to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just like, oh, okay, all right. I know where we are. I know where we're going. Yeah, yeah. That and then, I can't remember if this is season two or season three, but the episode about about the show like the oh no it's got to be season two because it's revealed i think in that episode that jeff and britta have been doing it the whole time and it's it, it's an episode that's just assembled from like cut clips from episodes that never happened that we haven't seen yeah yeah that was another really so like they, when one. they go to the ghost town or whatever yeah and they're, um and they're uh <laughs> you know they're getting out of the water and they're all wet and troy's like anybody who's seen cartoons knows that when you pop the back of a raft you go faster <laughs> And then the Jeff's final speech is just like an assemblage of his speeches from all these other fake episodes. Right. Like how how did how does that even would you come into the writers' room one day and you go, guys, listen up, I got an idea. Like how does that even come about? How do you even assemble I know. that? I know. I I think maybe you're you just start talking about like tropes that you see in sitcoms and you're like, how can we turn that on its head? Yeah. You know, that's like for me, that's why like, uh, you know, Rick and Morty, God knows what people like about that show. I mean, there's a lot of things to like, but I think, you know, we've seen that people have there's there's a negative aspect to the fandom of that show. There there is. But for me, every episode is like an event episode of community because it's basically like, how do we fit two premises together and take them all the way? So there's the um, like the heist episode or whatever. Yeah, that was a great one. Or there's the. The, the 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 nightmare on Elm Street dream one, yes. which is also a dogs really take one. over the oh, take over the world episode. So they yes. like mash these two premises together, and yeah, um, that's like that started with community. Yeah, no, it definitely did. And I mean, you can do so much with 
animated animation that you can't do with like actors, you know. Um, you know, Donald Glover's pretty pretty expressive. Well, yeah, he is. Well, uh, I think that's it for us this week. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, social medias. Go find us there. Talk to us. Also, uh, go to your listening platform of choice, iTunes, whatever. Uh, subscribe to us. Rate the show. Give us a review. We'd appreciate it. It really does help out. And that's why you got to help those algorithms know that we're doing good. Mm-hmm. So give us five dancing Al Gores because that's the Al Gore rhythm. Right. And... Maybe they could do something with that on the show. I don't know. I think they probably could. That's another thing that the show really mastered was telling a really lame joke in the first act and then like taking it to the ultimate extreme. So in any other sitcom, Troy pranks Abed, then Abed you know, does something else and he's got some <laughs> prank at the end and we yeah. all learn you shouldn't prank. But right. instead he immediately does a bad prank, but then the prank becomes a slow boil yes. that goes to the end. But Troy was never fooled by the prank, but it just becomes like a reaffirmation of their relationship. But also, Abbott's really weird. Yes, exactly. That's how you do it. (laughs) Community style. So uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Keep the geek fires burning.